0: classic comedy of old-time radio. I'm your host, Ron Eckelberger. Here comes William Bendix as Chester A. Riley in The Life of Riley. This is episode number 188 of The Life of Riley, entitled Riley Sends Peg a Comic Valentine. It originally aired on February 14th, 1948. It's new, it's amazing, it's Prell, P-R-E-L-L, Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo and the handy
1: tube. Prell
0: brings you the life of Riley. <laughs> moves unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes and leaves hair radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Well, today all hearts that pulse to romance are celebrating St. Valentine's Day. And that includes Chester A. Riley's big roomy heart. And now let's peek inside of Riley's big, roomy head.
2: This is the day of St. Valentine, a day for love and romance, when Cupid's darts pierce millions of hearts, but I got one in the pants.
0: (laughs) And why does Riley have this bitter attitude? Well, it all started yesterday.
2: Now, right, hurry up, Dumplin'. Let's get home. I'm starved.
3: Now, wait a minute. i got to stop in here and get some lamb chops. Yeah. Well, hey, wh- what are you going at the
2: Browns for? You always shop at Pringle's.
3: Well, yes, I know, but I'm so embarrassed every time I go in there. We owe Mr. Pringle $18.
2: What? $18? Peg, why don't you pay the man his money?
3: Well, why don't you give me the money?
2: <laughs> why drag money into this?
3: We're, we're
2: talking about lamb chops.
3: Oh, Riley, we'll have to do something about that, Billy. It's two months old. Oh,
2: so what? Has he asked you for the money?
3: Well, no.
2: Good. Then we can still give him the business.
3: <laughs> after
2: all, he's my lodge brother, and he promised to vote for me for president.
3: I'd, I'd rather go to Brown.
2: No, no. That would be double-crossing Pringle. Wait till after I'm elected. Then I can double-cross him.
3: Uh... All right, but... I really don't like the way that man treats his customers. Well, you'd think we were getting the stuff for nothing.
2: (laughs) This Uh, month we are. (laughs) Uh, Here's the store.
3: Well, aren't you coming in?
2: Uh, No, no, I'll stay out here. If he asks you for the money we owe him, you can say that I'm out of town.
3: Uh, All right, wait here for me. Yeah. Uh, Hello, Mr. Pringle.
4: Hello, Mrs. Riley. What can I do for you?
3: Well, I want some lamb chops, but first I need some vegetables. I'll take a bunch of celery and uh, some carrots. Uh, Let's see. These tomatoes don't look... Please, Mrs.
4: Riley, don't squeeze the tomatoes.
3: (laughs) But, Mr. Pringle, I wasn't squeezing. I I
4: know, I know. You just wanted to see if they're soft.
3: But I... Believe
4: me, they're soft. You know why? Because every woman who comes in here squeezes them.
3: Now, listen, Mr. Pringle, they Yeah, like that
4: Mrs. Gillis, who lives next door to you. She ain't only a tomato squeezer. She's a grape snatcher.
3: What Mrs. Gillis does has nothing to do with me.
4: Oh, you're all alike.
3: I did not touch your tomatoes, Mr. Pringle. All right,
4: all right. I'm not Dick Tracy, so I can't prove your fingerprints are there.
3: I did not touch your tomatoes. Okay,
4: okay. You didn't touch the tomatoes. I'm not calling you a liar.
3: What? You have the nerve to stand there and call me. I didn't call you a liar. Riley. Riley, come in here.
2: Peg, quiet. I'm out of town. You come in here. Huh? Uh, okay.
3: Riley. I was just insulted by Mister Pringle.
2: You were insulted.
3: Well, don't just stand there. Say something.
2: Uh, hi, Brother Pringle.
3: Hi. Speaking of
2: the election at our lodge.
3: Riley, I, uh, did you hear me? What this man delivered? I called...
2: didn't
4: insult you, Mrs. Riley. I
3: now, just wait,
2: said, wait, wait. What's the sense of fighting? I'm sure we can settle this friendly like. What's the trouble, Peg?
3: me of squeezing the tomatoes. And Ringo, I told him... To...
2: Did you accuse my wife of squeezing the tomatoes? Yes. Peg, you shouldn't have squeezed the tomatoes.
3: <laughs>
1: Chester Riley,
3: are you
2: going to Be said... reasonable, Peg. After all, if you were a tomato, you wouldn't like me to squeeze you.
1: <laughs> of course, you're
2: not a tomato, so you like it. Now, why can't we all be friends and...
1: Well, Peg,
2: wait. Hey,
1: Peg, wait for
2: me. But, Peg, be reasonable. After all, Pringle is my I life, I don't brother. want to hear any
3: more of your excuses. All I know is a man insulted your wife and you just stood there. Well, what did
2: you expect me to do? Punch him in the nose? What would that accomplish? You'd only have had to carry me home. I mean...
3: <laughs> right.
2: Fighting don't get you anywhere, Peggy.
3: But you had no right to take his side against me. I don't like
2: no fight. What I done was right. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt you.
3: Hi, Pop. Hiya, Mom. Now, see here, Riley. Now we'll leave
2: it up to Junior. Junior, suppose a very good friend of yours insulted your mother. What would you do? Oh, I'd punch him right in the nose. Who asked you?
3: (laughs) Time I go shopping, I'll take Junior.
2: I still say I've done the right thing.
3: Mother, is dinner ready? Uh, yes, dear, it's on the table.
2: Well, all I see is a dish of beans. Where's dinner? That's it. Beans? You expect me to eat beans? I gotta have vitamins. Remember, I'm a growing man.
3: Oh, uh-huh. Sit down and eat beans won't kid you. No,
2: never mind me. I can take it, but what about the kids? Dad, Junior. Are you satisfied to eat beans for supper? Sure,
3: it's
1: okay with me.
2: Who asked you?
1: <laughs>
2: now listen, Peg. I work hard all day, and I gotta have meat to give me blood. If you don't care for me, at least have a little consideration for my corpse supper.
1: <laughs> what
2: happened to the lamb chops? They're still at Pringles, thanks to you. Now. Don't try to put the blame on me. You've got to feed me proper. That's your job, please.
3: Now, just
2: a minute, I Mr. Upload Riley. I support this it... house, and you owe it to me. You owe me plenty. And if I don't get a good substantial dinner tonight, you know what I'll do? What? Oh, oh. You go without eating? <laughs> Who asked you? <laughs>
1: Over here at the counter. What?
2: Oh. Oh, hello, Gillis. You, 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 eating out tonight? Yeah. You too?
4: Yeah.
2: How come? yeah had a little argument with the missus. Imagine I come home starving. She offers me beans for supper. Boy, I sure told her off. You know what I said? How should I know?
4: I ain't the kind of a guy goes around snooping on his next-door neighbor.
2: <laughs> Boy, I gave it to her good. You were right. She ought to have more consideration for your crop suckles. <laughs> you heard. Well, yeah, but only because your argument was almost weight for weight like the one I was having with my missus. No kidding. Honeybee give you beans, too? Yeah. Tried to blame it on Pringle, the grocer. Yeah, so of my peg. How about that? All them married women got a single mind. Always trying to take advantage of us. Yeah, and we're the guys they owe the most to. Beans we get for supper. That's marriage? Who needs it? I had $2 playing a hole in my pocket... So I had to go spend it for a marriage license. I should have listened to my bookie and put the two bucks on a horse. That nag would have paid off. Well, that sort of
5: come on, ain't you gonna sit down?
1: Well
2: I don't know, Gillis. I never walked out on peg like this. I I was thinking maybe Wade, if
5: you go crawling back to her now, you're sunk. Every
2: time you'll have a little tiff with her, and she don't feel like making supper, bingo, you get beans. Yeah, I know, Jonas, but what can I do? Why be a (laughs) beanbag? Do what our wives is doing. They went on strike, we got a strike. Strike? Yeah, strike with a hot iron. Get tough with them. No more of this here lovey-dovey sweetheart business. Yeah, no more sweethearts. We won't even be friends. Just plain husband and wife. Saturday, Saturday. They ain't even getting no valentines from us. That's a deal. Shake, shake. We'll teach them to give us beans for supper, the young Greeks. Oh, here's the waiter. Let's see. Well, gents, what'll it be? Well, let's see the menu. Chicken, pork chops, sirloin steak. Oh, this sounds good. Give me a plate of beans. Make that,
1: too. (laughs)
3: Uh, Hello, Babs. Hello.
2: Hello, Junior. Hi, Pop. Uh, Hello, Peg. Peg, I said hello. Peg. Now look here, Peg, when I say... Peg, don't walk away when I'm talking to you. Now listen, Peg. Peg, stop it. You're my wife, not the walking man. (laughs) Okay, if that's the way you want it, I ain't going to beg you. You don't want to talk to me? Okay. Two can play at that game. Don't talk. They talk to me. <laughs>
1: well, ben, uh,
3: would you hand me that cushion over there, please? Oh, here, Mother. Oh,
2: or you're going to ignore me, huh? Well, two can play at that game. I'll ignore you. I can be just as ignorant as you.
1: <laughs> if not
2: more. Huh. Happy days are here
1: again. Thank God to me.
3: Well, aren't you the brazen one? After the way you put on at the supper table tonight, you expect me to pass it off as if nothing happened? Well, it'll be a long time before I talk
1: to you.
2: <laughs> I made her talk.
1: <laughs> but I
2: didn't like what she said. She said she'll never talk to me again.
1: Oh, well,
3: mother's sensitive, but she'll get over it. Maybe you ought to apologize.
2: Well, yeah, only she won't listen to me.
3: Hey, pop, maybe maybe you ought
2: to send Mama swell Valentine. That'd square things. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I could find a special Valentine. I'll do it. Gillis can't run my life.
3: What's Mr. Gillis got to do with it?
2: Well you see, we, we made a pact. A pack? Yeah, you know, like diplomats make. Only I promised I wouldn't... But I don't care. If I can make a pack like a diplomat, I can break it like a diplomat. Oh, good evening, Mr. Riley. <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. Witherspoon. Say, I'm in the market for a Valentine card. Well, we've got a nice lot of
5: cards this year. Right
2: over here. Something for your wife, or would you like something more expensive? No. No, it's for my wife. I want something really gorgeous. Money's no object. Well, here's a fine card. Fifteen cents. Ain't that a little high? Uh, Let's see. No, no, that's the usual stuff. I want something special. You... You
5: see, we, we had a little tiff. And oh, I see. Yeah. I think I have just the card for you. Ah. Wonderful for patching up a spat. Uh-huh. Some customers buy one a week regularly. And now, let's see. Where is it now? Well, if you can't find it, maybe you got something else. Oh, oh this card will be just what you want. Yeah. Let me see. It goes... Oh, yes. We quarreled, loving spouse of mine. Forgive me. I was wrong. So won't you be my valentine... And recapture love's sweet song
1: <laughs>
5: Oh, that's beautiful You've you got to find... Oh, the... I'll find it It was the last one in stock I had it here a moment ago oh, oh, I remember now I was showing it to another customer Oh, there he is In the phone
2: booth Oh, well, I've got to have that card I'll buy it from him uh, pardon me, sir. That valentine... Uh, uh... Gillis. Is this the way you keep a pack? Is this the way you keep a pack? I asked you first. <laughs> Sending your wife a valentine, you you traitor. Well, 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 well sure. I, I come in to get her a valentine, but uh, not a mushy one. Uh, one of them nasty comic ones. Oh, yeah. What about that valentine you got in your hand there? Oh, uh... Uh, Yeah, look look what it says, love and spouse of mine. (laughs) Well? Uh, I'm sending this to a friend's wife. I'm a rat. (laughs) Oh, I apologize. What about you, Riley? You wanted this here mushy card, didn't you? Well, uh... uh... You're gonna go crawling to peg, you coward. Uh, Well, who's crawling? I'll show you. With a spoon... Let me see your nastiest valentines. Here they are. There. I like
5: to keep them handy. There's more demand for this kind.
2: Oh. Well, go on, Gillis. Pick yours.
5: Uh, pick yours. Oh, oh, oh. now here's a very witty card, gentlemen. Listen. You've got the head of a wizard cabbage and the eyes of a lumpy potato. And though you get on your knees, I wouldn't give you a squeeze because you're only an old tomato. <laughs> Oh, that's delightful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very funny. Yeah, it's a screen. Well, here you are, gentlemen. One for each of you. That'll be ten cents. Thanks.
2: Yeah, thanks.
5: Well, I- I'll mail this when I get home. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, there's a mailbox right outside the store. Trapped. <laughs> eh, what are we
2: worrying about, Riley?
5: This is one of the smartest moves we ever made.
2: Yeah. we, we-, we sign these cards right now. And just to make sure, we'll watch each other drop them in the mailbox. Yeah, yeah, we got to go through with it. And when our wives get these cards, it'll change our whole married life. Yeah. What's the matter, Riley? You don't sound so happy about it. Oh no, no, no! I'm I'm happy. I'm very happy. I'm the happiest
0: man in the world. <laughs> Second act of the life of Riley in a moment.:
3: Oh, Ken, the new look is the Prell look.:
0: Of course, Prell, the radiant cream shampoo with a handy tube, gives that new look for two reasons.
3: First, it's Prell for that new look of radiance, because Prell leaves hair far more radiant than old-fashioned soaps or soap shampoos, and Prell can't leave a dulling soap film. Prell leaves your hair looking soft, smooth. Easy to manage.
0: Second, it's Prell for hair free of unsightly dandruff, too. Yes, Prell removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes. And that handy Prell tube has the
3: new look, too. No old-fashioned bottle. No waste. No spill. Oh, Prell's is
0: easy to use. Remember, the new look is the Prell look. Try Procter & Gamble's
3: P-R-E-L-L Pearl Shampoo Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright Not a bit of dandruff is in sight Comes in a tube,
0: handy too P-R-E-L-L
3: Pearl Shampoo
0: By Pearl And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley
3: Good morning, Daddy
2: Babs, did the postman come? Did he come yet? Where's your mother? Did the postman come yet? Well, well,
3: I... I don't know. What are you so nervous about? Well,
2: who's nervous? I just asked you did the Coastman pump. And you, you, you said, I'm nervous. I, I'm...
3: Well, you certainly are nervous. Look what you're doing.
2: Well, what am I doing? I'm just filling my pipe.
3: But you're doing it from the sugar bowl.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well, tobacco ain't good for you.
1: Pop, here's the mail. The mail.
2: The mail that came. Well, why didn't you tell me? Where's your mother? I'm in the back. What are you so nervous about? I told you I'm not nervous. And I'm telling you that for the last time, Babs. Pop, I'm Junior. I'm pleased to meet you.
1: <laughs>
2: Let me go through this mail. Oh,
3: Daddy, what are you expecting that's so important?
2: Oh, it ain't here. Nothing but bills. It ain't here. What? The Valentine. I mailed your mother one last night, and
3: it. Is it's that not... why you're anxious? Oh, Daddy, you're acting just like a schoolboy in love. Oh, isn't he, Junior? Oh, I go on. I never carry on like that. Relax, Daddy. It'll come in the afternoon mail for sure. Oh, Pop, here's a letter you missed. Well, it doesn't look like
2: a bill. Yeah. Well, let me see. It must be a bill. Who? Who else would write to? Uh, but it, it, to Valentine.
3: Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Who'd send me a Valentine? We quarrelled, love and spouse of mine. But I was in the wrong, so won't you be my valentine and recapture love's sweet song? It's signed, Dumplin'.
1: What? It's from... It's
2: from Mother. I told you
3: she'd get over being mad.
2: She sent me this beautiful valentine, and I sent her that. She forgave me. She still loves me.
1: Well, of course.
2: What a revolting development this
1: is.
2: (laughs) Oh, what a mess. When Peg gets that Valentine, she'll murder me. I might as well phone up the undertaker right now to come and get me. Save your nickel. I'm here.
6: Who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. Oh, hello, digger. I'm on my way to the telegraph office to wire a valentine to my very rich Aunt Hepzibah. Uh-huh. She lives in far-off Australia. I wrote it myself, and I quote, Dear rich auntie, with this card I hail you. I hope to visit you soon in Australia. When I let you go away, I made a blunder. I'll never smile again till I see you down under.
1: <laughs>
2: Cute? Yeah, but, but I, I, I ain't in the mood for Valentine's, Digger. I'm in big trouble on account of one.
6: Oh, yes, the Valentine once got me into a horrible predicament. Huh? I was courting a young lady. On Valentine's Day, I ordered the florist to send her three gardenias with a card saying, When I see you wearing these, I'll know you belong to me. And that broke our fire engagement. For what? Instead of gardenias, the florist sent her lilies. (laughs) But what's troubling you, Riley?
2: Well, Peg and me had an argument on a kind of Pringle, the grocer, and... Well, to get even, I sent Peg a nasty valentine. Dear
6: me, you are in a hole.
2: Yeah, well, I got pushed into it.
6: Sloppy technique. (laughs) Someone's forever getting pushed into a hole, and I'm supposed to pull them out.
2: Tell me, did you sign this card? No, but she'll know it's from me anyway. Just a burner up I signed from the one you owe so much to. Oh, I'm cooked.
6: Cheered up. Where there's, if you'll excuse the expression, life, there's hope. (laughs) Perhaps she'll never receive the insulting card. Why not? It might go to the dead-letter office. That's where lots of my mail ends up. (laughs) No, I addressed it perfectly. Then your only chance is to
2: intercept the valentine from the postman before your wife gets it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'll do it, Digger. If I don't, I'm a goner. Oops, that reminds me I have an appointment.
1: (laughs) Well, cheerio.
6: I'd better be shoveling off.
2: I wish that postman would hurry up and come. I can't say... Hi, Pop. Oh, hello, Junior. You're home early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aren't you coming in the house? Uh, no. No, no, not yet. I'll stay out here for a while. I I want to get a little sun. Sun? Mm. Why, Pop, it's raining. You're dripping wet. Oh, yeah, that's right. I I thought I was perspiring from the sun. (laughs)
3: Pop, are you sick or
2: something? Junior, stop asking questions and go in the house. Oh, Mm -hmm. here comes the postman.
3: I'll take the mail in. I'll
2: take the mail in. Go in the house. Keep your mother company. Tie her up. I mean, keep her company, Junior. Okay, okay.
4: Hello there, Mr. Riley.
2: Thank heaven you came, Mr. Hannigan. I was waiting for you. Nothing for you this afternoon, I'm afraid. But I've got something for your wife. Looks like a valentine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, where is it? Hey, let me see now. I saw it here a moment ago. You lost it. Oh, wonderful. No, no, no. Here it is. Well, here give it is. to me. Give it to me. <laughs> There's two cents postage due. The sender put a one-cent stamp on it, but the envelope was okay, sealed. Okay. So... okay, I'll give you the two cents. Oh, wait a minute. I got some pennies here. Some... Riley, Hi. why?
3: Oh, hello, Mr. Postman.
2: There's no, you I... well, what's wrong? Nothing wrong, Mrs. Riley. There's a valentine card for you
3: for me. Yes, but there's
2: two cents posted to Mr. Riley was about to pay me. How do no such thing? What? You, you ain't getting no money out of me. You, you, you can keep the letter. We don't want it. Why,
3: Riley, don't be
2: ridiculous. Well, Mr. Riley, it's only two cents. It's the principal. You guys in Washington can't push me around. I'm a taxpayer. But two cents, you're never satisfied. You just got $28 billion out of me for your budget. But I didn't do that. Now you want to squeeze two cents more.
3: Oh, for heaven's sake. I'll give you the two cents, Mr. Postman.
2: I forbid it.
3: Oh, dear. Heaven got me changed. Well,
2: in that case, I'm afraid I'll have... I... Oh, maybe I'm just an old softy about Valentine's, but uh, love must go on. I'll pay it. No, wait. Here you are, Mrs. Riley. Hey, you ain't getting away with this, Hannigan. I'm taking all my business to another post
3: office. <laughs> oh, stop, Riley. Thank you, Mr. Postman.
4: Don't mention it. It's deductible. Good day.
3: Oh, honest Riley, sometimes I just can't figure. What? What's this?
1: <gasps> of
3: all. You've got the head of a wilted cabbage and the eyes of a lumpy potato. (laughs) That's very funny. (laughs) Though you got on your knees, I wouldn't give you a squeeze
1: because you're you're only only an an old tomato. tomato.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's an echo here.
3: Of... All the mean insult... Well, now, now,
2: Peg, it's not that bad. Why, uh... this
3: is the lowest, the most contemptible... just a
2: joke, Dumplin'. Where's your sense of humor?
3: A joke? You call this a joke? Insulting your wife like this.
2: I know, but forgive and forget.
3: I'll never forget the... the beast who sent this.
2: Now, that's going too far. After all, a a beast Well, that's
3: what he is, a beast. And I'll tell that Pringle so right to his face. But, Peg, I... Pringle? Well, oh, who else do you think sent it? Look, look how he signed it. From the one you owe so much to. It's that grocer. <laughs> it, it couldn't be anybody else.
2: Peg, you're right. What a beast. He'll pay for this insult. I'll punch him right in the nose.
3: That's your wonderful lodge, brother. You're right,
2: Peg. You're right. I'll fix him. Well, I'm going in. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Pringle. She thinks Pringle says it. What a gorgeous development this is.
0: <laughs> the Rileys will be back in just a moment. Good news in shampoos. That's Prell, the new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. From Rockford, Illinois, Mrs. A.J. Sevens writes...
3: Since I use Prell, all my friends compliment me on my hair. Regular Prell shampoos keep it free of unsightly dandruff. Bring out more radiance than I ever knew was there. Friends,
0: treat yourself to a Prell shampoo. See if you don't agree. Prell removes unsightly dandruff quickly. Leaves hair radiantly beautiful. Ask for Procter & Gamble's
3: P-R-E-L-L Pearl Shampoo Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright Not a bit of dandruff is in sight Comes in a tube, handy too P-R-E-L-L Pearl Shampoo What a day. Mother, did you tell that grocer off? (gasps) Babs, Mr. Pringle didn't send that valentine. Your father did. Daddy? Oh, well, he didn't mean anything by it. That Gillis must have talked him into it. Mrs. Gillis got exactly the same car. Peg! Peg! now don't say anything. Oh, here you are, Peg.
2: Peg, guess where I just was. Over at Pringle's. And I fixed him good. They're scraping him off the floor.
3: Oh, Riley, my hero.
2: I did it for you, Dublin. Boy, I gave it to him good. A left and a right and a left and a... Of uh, course, he got in one punch on my nose, but that's all. You see, I, I still got a little blood on my lip here.
3: Mm, yes, I see. Mm. Now wipe that ketchup off your lip and sit down and eat.
1: <laughs>
2: Certainly, my Valentine, anything you say.
0: Gamble invite you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The script is by Reuben Schiff and Alan Lipscott. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker.
5: Oh, she was the prima donna With always a man in tow, she washed all the finery on her, with wonderful ivory
1: snow.
0: Ah, wonderful ivory snow, a regular beauty bath for blouses, lingerie, and sheer nylons. And your hands will tell you why ivory snow keeps lovely washables lovely longer. Prove it. This week, wash dishes with ivory snow. When you see how it pampers your hands, you'll know it's extra kind of fine fabrics. There's no other soap like it. Ivory Snow's the only soap, both ivory mild and in granulated form. Make such instantly and lukewarm, even in cool water. Your hands will tell you why. Ivory Snow is so kind to your hands, you just know it's kind to sheer nylons and lovely lingerie.
1: Oh, wonderful Ivory Snow.
0: S-N-O-W. Ken Niles reminding you that for radiantly clean, lovely hair, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. And listen again next week when Prell brings you The Life of Riley. And now stay tuned for Truth or Consequences. Good night. (laughs) This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Please send your questions and comments to host at classiccomedyotr.com. Come back next Friday for the next episode of The Life of Riley and check in on Monday for the next installment of The Aldrich Family. Until next time, in the words of Paulo Coelho, It's the simple things in life that are the most extraordinary.